You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. And, or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. And I hope you're sipping on some fizzy housewives inspired wine for yourself. Packing a punch at 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. It is my housewives watching wine. It is no filter wine and it is available exclusively at nofilterwine.com. Nofilterwine.com. It is available in 49 states, almost all 50. We were like this close, Um, but Utah. Utah, you are the only state we are not available in because their alcohol shipping laws are wild. They are working on them. I believe they have recently tweaked them, but currently we are available in all 49 states or all 50 except for Utah. So currently available to ship from nofilterwine.com to all 49 states, not including Utah. Right where those Salt Lake City housewives live. Utah, get it together. Head over to nofilterwine.com. Must be 21 or older to order. And guys, please sip responsibly. Have a fun Liddy City summer. And when you do, send me pictures because I love to see all those good, fun pictures of you at the beach, of you packing for the beach, all that good stuff. Okay, we have a lot to break down. Uh, well, kind of, we kind of have a lot to break down today. Um, we are going to be talking about the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3 because that has gotten, there seems to be some some stuff a brew in there. Candace Dillard, sorry, Candace Bassett is tweeting up a storm about things going on in, in Thailand and Leah McSweeney seems to have gone MIA. We're also going to be talking about Kathy Hilton and Kim Richards and some recent interviews that they've given about the... Um, new season of Royal Houses of Beverly Hills. So we'll get into that as well. I want to do like a good fun comparison between what Kathy said about Aspen back when Aspen first happened and what Kathy is saying about Aspen now at this, in these most recent interviews because some of these stories are not adding up and I want to know why. I'm also going to be doing a fun anonymous Q&A um, because why not? You know, I figured a lot of people have a lot of questions for me. A lot of you come from me on Twitter. So why not have a little fun with this and do a little Q&A? So some of you have sent in some anonymous questions from the links that I posted on Twitter and Instagram. I figured why not have a little fun with it, right? Okay, so... Before we dive into that, what are we starting with first? What should we start with first? Um, why don't oh, actually, let's start with this Brandy versus Kim beef that is recently resurfaced. So Kim Richards recently did press at Kathy's premiere party for her return to Real Houses of Beverly Hills. You know, Kathy, she's gonna be like, I'm a friend of and I made a return, so I'm gonna have a premiere party to celebrate my big return to Real Houses of Beverly Hills now that they put some respect on my check. So in talking to E, which I don't know why Kim Richards was allowed to talk to E. I don't know why we thought it was a good idea to put Kim on the press line and to allow her to speak to the press. I just feel like when she doesn't seem to be doing well, maybe she's doing better. I don't know. She loves to talk about like Reiki, but like we also know there was like that Reiki chick on Vanderpump Rules where Jax was like banging her when he was getting ready to marry Britney. So, you know, Reiki bitches, we can't trust those Reiki bitches. But Kim Richards has now seemingly become one of those Reiki bitches. So she was doing press. 
talk to E and she revealed that she's currently not speaking to Brandy Glanville anymore because Brandy, I guess back in maybe like the end of 2019 around the Denise Richards stuff. Remember when they revealed to Kyle and Teddy on camera about the affair? Well, Kim is claiming that around that time, Brandy posted a photo of her on Instagram without her approval. The photo was of Kim's stitches after surgery. Kim said that she was worried that she thought one of the stitches may have popped and she wanted Brandy to check it out. She, I don't, it's unclear whether she sent Brandy the photo and Brandy posted it. I'm assuming that's what happened. I don't think Brandy was physically there and took the photo. I think Kim took a picture of the stitches and sent it to her. Kim wasn't very clear with the story, but there was a photo of Kim Richards' stitches that Brandy apparently posted on Instagram stories. Kim was upset about that. Um, Kim said that Brandy at the time didn't see why the photo was such a big deal. And Kim claims that they haven't spoken since. Like I said, this was around the time that we saw them film together for Real Houses of Beverly Hills when the Denise affair came out. Kim said that she tried to explain to Brandy, but Brandy's like, it's not that big of a deal, like whatever. And that immediately or she texts Brandy immediately after she saw it. And Brandy didn't immediately take the photo down. And so Kim was really bothered by that. And Kim's like, why don't you realize that that was not a good photo? And I wish you didn't do that. So Brandy has now jumped in and she is she's jumped into the group chat, tweeted that Kim's recollection is off. I mean, are we really shocked that Kim Kim's recollection is off? Did we not see this interview? But anyway, she asked Kim, she's like, Kim, if this really happened, and then draw, let me see the photo. What is this photo that you're apparently claiming that you sent that I posted that you were unhappy about? Because none of this ever happened. This didn't happen. This is not true. Brandy also corrects Kim by reminding her that th- this incident apparently happened pre-2020 and that Kim had done her podcast shortly after that alleged incident and that Brandy even separately at one point had to take Kim to the emergency room. And she also says that she has receipts, which is all very interesting because she's making it seem like we did still have a, a friendship or a relationship after this photo went on Instagram or didn't go on Instagram or does exist or does, doesn't exist. I'm assuming Brandy's referring to the period of time where Kim had the surgery where she would have stitches. And so that was apparently pre-2020. Okay, It's also interesting because you'll remember back in November 2020, I was entangled in this threesome rumor with Brandy and Kim where I revealed a rumor that Kim and Brandy were involved in a threesome together. I knew about it because apparently there was a guy that was going around saying that he had a threesome with the two of them. So I shared that on my podcast back in 2020 at the end of 2020. So this was, you know, let's see, everything started to go down in March. Um, And then so, I mean, not a full year, but at least a long time after. And it was it seems like the scene that they filmed was filmed in December because remember, it was around Christmas time. So Kim had to have had surgery around maybe November, December-ish. And now here we are almost an entire year after the time when she had surgery. And so this is when it seemed like their friendship started to crumble a bit because I revealed the rumor that Brandy and Kim had had a threesome. Um, And then the rumor took off and then Brandy got upset with me because she said that um, that rumor was the reason why Kim wasn't currently talking to her because Kim was upset that people were saying that about 
them. Kim was mad that this rumor was out there. And I even said, well, that makes the rumors seem more plausible because why else would Kim have, if it was just a stupid, you know, silly rumor, if it was all fictitious, then why would there be such a big reaction from Kim to be upset at Brandy? Like, why wouldn't Kim be upset with me for making up this rumor? Which Brandy also twisted because then Brandy went on her podcast and talked about it and called me a Twinkie and a delusional idiot because apparently she thought that I was claiming that I was the guy that had a threesome with Brandy and Kim. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that? Me having a threesome with Brandy and Kim? Wouldn't that be hilarious if I actually slept with Brandy and Kim? I mean, we do know Brandy loves a good threesome, but I don't know if Kim Richards has even, I mean, I don't know. We know Big Kathy may have taught the girls a thing or two. So maybe she, maybe Kim is a good lay. Maybe I should set up that threesome. But anyway, I thought that there had to have been some truth to it because why else would Kim get so upset and then be mad at Brandy? And my theory back then was maybe Brandy convinced Kim to join into this menage a trois. And, you know, maybe Kim, Brandy was like, it's fine. Nothing's ever, no one's ever going to know about this. It's just between us. I also revealed that Brandy and Carlton had a little fling together at one point separately from Kim Richards. And that also kind of got lost in translation and misconstrued. And people thought that the rumor was that Brandy had a threesome with Carlton and Kim. Um, and a lot of that got lost in, lost in translation. And Brandy was very upset with me because I revealed it on my podcast. And it apparently was like one of the reasons or a big reason that Kim and Brandy weren't talking because Kim was upset with her that this was out there. So I want to say that they had spoken again since that happened because that was the end of November of 2020. So that's what a year and a half late. We're, we're a year and a half later. I actually think that that is probably the reason they stopped talking and it had nothing to do with the stitches room or the stitches photo. I think that it does make sense that Brandy and Kim fell out because this rumor was out there and Kim was upset with Brandy for that reason and not about the stitches. And Kim just doesn't want to readdress the threesome rumor. So she's blaming it on the stitches. And Brandy's over here, you know, saying, who gonna check me, boo? I have receipts that proves that we've talked since then or we've spoken since then. And my thing is, it's like, why can't these Richard sisters just get it together and not make up lies when they are talking to the press? Because we're always going to catch on and we're always going to figure it out. And we're going to get into Big Kathy or not Big Kathy, but Little Kathy, Kathy Hilton. We're going to get into her right now because she also did some press where she was addressing the Aspen stuff. And there were some discrepancies in her stories that we'll, we'll get into. But the bottom line between Brandy and Kim is neither of them are talking. They're not talking. And neither of them really seem to know why they're not talking. But they're not talking. And I'm just like, if you guys aren't going to talk, then at least give us a good slut pig moment, you know? At least I wasn't doing crystal meth in the bathroom all night long, bitch. You know, give us something. Give us a good little clap back. Put Kim Richards back on cameo. Let's get it. Let's put them on... Um, Another one of those, like, you know, they did, uh, what was it, marriage boot camp and mother-daughter experiment. Let's do one of those, like a best friend experiment or a, a marriage boot camp frenemies edition. That would be fun to watch them back at it. I would be here for that. Very much so. Okay, let's uh, move on over to Kathy Hilton because she was also doing press at her big premiere party for her big return to Real Houses of Beverly Hills. And she explains why it took so long for her to return to Real Houses of Beverly Hills. And she blames it on Paris Hilton's wedding to Carter. And she also blames it on having to do press, lots and lots of press. She had to do so much press for, uh, for Paris and love. 
So I went and I was like, well, let's actually put this timeline together, right? So Real Houses of Beverly Hills began shooting the the week of October 25th, the week of Halloween, which was why the premiere was so centered around Dorit's robbery, which took place on October 25th, which is two weeks before Paris got married to Carter on November 11th, okay? So we're picking up production late October Two weeks before Paris gets married. So it makes, okay, that kind of makes sense. That adds up. You're busy. You're planning the wedding. The last two weeks are the most intense. They're the most busy. Though we did get a scene of Kyle and Kim filming with Kathy for Paris in Love. So clearly she can plan a wedding and also film because she was filming Paris in Love the entire time. And if she was able to give us one scene with Kath, with, uh, Kyle and Kim, then it's very plausible she could have given us a scene or two on Real Houses Beverly Hills. But obviously, we know that it now seems that the rumors that were circulating that time about her wanting to be paid a lot more, a ridiculously larger sum of money to return to the show. Now it seems like those rumors are actually true because it doesn't seem like there was much of a, a timing conflict of interest, even though that's what she keeps saying in the press. She said that she couldn't do Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because she was planning a wedding and she was doing lots of press, yet there was a whole six weeks between when the wedding wrapped and when she actually returned to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which was at Diana's Christmas party, which was on, I believe, either December 21st or December 22nd, because that's when photos started to surface on social media from that party. And there were photos with Kathy in them. And obviously, we know she walks in with her bottle of tequila. And apparently that also ties into Aspen because she was trying to promote that tequila brand and she was upset that I think 818 was like getting featured at that country club and she was mad that they didn't have the tequila that she wanted I don't know there's something about the tequila that I loosely heard about that I haven't really verified because who gives a fuck what Kathy Hilton's tequila is but I also think because remember when Kathy last season was talking about um, Del Taco and she was talking about Ruth Chris and people were trying to make these connections between Del Taco and Ruth Chris and how they're related to the Hilton um the Hilton hotel chain and how Kathy was using the show to market these uh, eateries that she's making money off of. And people are like, Oh, she's a lot smarter than we think that she is because she's doing this really good promotion. So the tequila thing might actually be true. Anyway, I digress. So we know that there was a solid six weeks in between when the wedding was done when we got married and when she returned. So that was six weeks of negotiation, six weeks of her asking for more money because once the wedding's planned, you're not doing six weeks of press to promote Paris and love. Like Paris and love also premiered on November 11th as well. So if anything, she had the wedding and then maybe did some pre-interviews the in the days leading up to the wedding, or maybe a couple of interviews that were taped after the wedding, which she was promoting Paris and love still gave her at least a good five to a four to five weeks where she could have been filming for Royal Houses of Beverly Hills. But she didn't want to because she wanted more money. So, again, what is happening in those six weeks that prevented you from filming the show? The wedding was over. Filming for Paris and Love was over. You do not need to be doing that much press. Paris and Love premiered on E! a few months later off of Peacock because it originally premiered on Peacock on November 11th, but then it premiered on E! on February 2nd, 2022, so February 2nd of this year, which was just a couple days after Aspen because they filmed Aspen at the end of January. So this is also when we have the interview of her in Paris on E!'s Instagram Live where she addresses Aspen, so clearly she can film and do press at the same time. We know that she was just holding out for more money and 
that's why she but it's also just like well then i don't know like can't don't, then don't give us a fake story don't lie to us about why you weren't able to do it just say we were in negotiations like tell them that you were in negotiations and you wanted them to put some respect on your check i mean ultimately you know she ended up earning that big check paycheck because she definitely had is a, a big integral part of the second half of the season and everything that's about to go down in aspen so she also addresses Aspen in these interviews that she was doing. I believe it was with Access Hollywood, E! and Entertainment Tonight that were at the event that she did press with. And so she addresses Aspen saying that it was all just one big dramatic misunderstanding that she just got really frustrated and she said some things that she shouldn't have said. And she was just running off of two hours of sleep. So she was really tired. The trailer shows us that she was raging and Rena had to lock herself into a room. And Erica was like, she was so angry. And Diana's like, I didn't recognize who that person was. Well, she claims that she seems to have smoothed things over with Lisa Rena by saying that she hopes that Rena has good intentions in bringing all this up. And she just believes that Rena really cares about Kyle. And, you know, she just hopes that everybody's intentions in, in discussing all of this are true and genuine which sounds like damage control. Um, she also says that she felt uncomfortable staying at Kyle's house after getting cranky with Kyle and that, you know, she got upset with her. She was a little cranky. She didn't have a ton of sleep. And, you know, that's why she needed to get out because you remember that was the same night that she went and had the help get me out of here comment that she left on her husband Rick's Instagram account, which she says is because she didn't feel comfortable staying at Kyle's house. Um, but she couldn't call Rick because her phone had died and she, Kyle doesn't have a house phone. She also had to mention that Kyle not only doesn't have a house phone, but also doesn't have staff at her house. So she had to throw throw in those subtle little digs like Kyle doesn't have staff at her house. So nobody could help me. And Kyle doesn't have a house phone. So I was stuck to use my iPad that was only on 10 percent. But then in her previous interview, this was the recent interview, but in the previous interview that she did with E, she said that she wanted to leave because she was scared because she was hearing noises and her iPad was on 10% and she, and that's why she left in the comment because it was 3 a.m. and she knew that at 3 a.m. he would be on his iPad in his office and she was hearing all these scary noises and she was left in the house alone. So did she leave because she was uncomfortable with Kyle or did she leave because she was hearing noises at 3 a.m.? And where is everyone at 3 a.m.? And why are they not at Kyle's house at 3 a.m.? Like 3 a.m. seems like a very late hour for them to still be out all night partying um, and, and to leave Kathy all by herself without any staff at Kyle's rental home. So to me, it's all like murky and we're lying and we're getting caught in the lies. She also said that she was joking in the original interview that she did with E right after Aspen. She said that she was joking and she thought it'd be a funny way to get Rick to catch his attention. So it's like, so was it a funny joke that you were trying to do to catch his attention or you were genuinely afraid and you needed to catch his attention because you didn't know what cab company to call, which is what she said in the recent interview. She's like, I didn't know what cab company to call. I didn't know how to get out of here. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I didn't know how to call an Uber jet to come and fly me out of Kyle's Aspen estate, her rental house, her little bungalow. Which version is it, Kathy? Which of the stories is it? I only poke all these different flaws out to show that she's clearly being deceptive and not giving us, she's trying to hide something. If all the stories are all over the place and she's changing them left and right and the real reason she left, she doesn't really know why she left, whether it was because she was uncomfortable with Kyle or, you know, she was scared to be in a house alone at 3 a.m. 
or she chose 3 a.m. because that's when she knew that Rick, she chose to leave it on Instagram because she knew at 3 a.m. Rick happens to be on his iPad at that time, which also, if it's 3 a.m. in Aspen, it's not, she said it was going to be midnight in L.A. But again, I mean, that's, you know, time time zones are tricky, so I won't hold that one to her. But all the other lies I will, I will hold bring up and hold her accountable for because like, why are we lying, sister? What's going on? What are we really trying to hide? Is what Rinna and Erica and Diana, and from what I hear, I believe even Sutton has says a couple of things about Kathy raging in Aspen. So I'm curious to see how this all plays out. And she even said, she's like, we don't know. We're going to have to see how it all gets edited in the end. Everyone wants to know, all the housewives, when they've been asked about it, they've all, they're all like, I don't know how it's going to get edited. They've all kind of echoed that same sentiment in interviews. So now I'm curious as to which versions that people are telling is actually true and what happens to be false and what happens to be, you know, edited out of context or edited, you know, to make someone look good or not. So I don't know. I'm curious to know what you guys are thinking about Aspen. Oh my God, you guys are sending are sending in so many questions for me. Um, I can't wait to to get through some of these. Um, okay, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. They posted a, a video because remember in season one when they were all on the beach and they were posting that TikTok where they were all dancing, and Ramona was doing her like weird like little dance, and Kyle was doing like backflips and 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 splitting her legs and doing the thing, and none of them knew how to dance except for who was the only one that knew how to dance? Was it Kenya? I think Kenya was the only one that was like actually killing it, and or no, Melissa was the only one that actually knew what she was doing. So anyway. They tried to have a similar moment. They posted a group photo. It's interesting the press that they're doing now because remember in Ultimate Girl Strip season two, so they the women on season one posted that TikTok video that they thought was cute. And then in season two, we had like cast photos, like really bad cast photos too, uh, like group photos that people were taking with the women and then posting them on social media. And then those were starting to circulate. So it seems like Peacock is getting ahead of the game and they posted a photo of all of the women together in Thailand Heather Gay, Whitney, Leah, Portia, Marisol, and Alexia from Miami, Candace, and Robin from Potomac. So all of them are in Thailand right now. They posted a group photo that was posted to the official Bravo account. And they're like, look at it, it's the first cast photo. And then now they have this video that they just posted. So it seems like they're trying to like get ahead of the narrative. But Candace Dillard Bassett is popping off on Twitter and she's going off saying that you know, or she's hinting that there's some beef that she's having with somebody. And I've heard about some of the beef and it sounds juicy for sure. I actually think this season might actually be a lot better than we were expecting. It might be like the perfect combo of seasons one and two, where season one, we had the, um, the gorgeous vacation and they were all out and we have the beautiful scenery and we see them around housewives in the island, baby housewives in the island, baby. They better give us a good fucking song because season two song was trash. There was no lyrics. There was no real good beat. There was no island baby. And I need that. I need some island baby, even if we're not going to do the island baby because we're not, on any, well, we're in Thailand. Housewives in the Thailand, baby. Housewives in the Thailand, baby. I wouldn't even hate it if they did that, to be honest with you. But so there is beef going on in Thailand. The women are not all getting along. Um, from what I've heard, some of my predictions have actually fallen a little flat and I was wrong about some of the predictions. So I'm curious to see what we're actually going to get. It seems Leah McSweeney may be on the outs with some of the women because she was the only housewife that did not appear in 
the video of them all. So it, it's not a dancing video, but it's like they're walking down, um, walking down some sort of, it looks like a bridge or uh, maybe a, a deck over some water. I didn't pay too close attention to it. But anyway, they're strutting and they're walking and they're posing and they're each in a line, walking up to the camera, doing a little pose and then walking off. And you have Candace and she's flipping her hair and then you have Heather and she's flipping her pony and then you have Whitney and she's blowing a kiss and then you have Marisol and she's like doing this weird thing with her pony and she's like, I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. And then Giselle's doing some like interesting shimmy thing and then Portia comes in the end and she's like, bam, slay. And Leah McSweeney is not in it. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, Leah McSweeney, you know, she's probably the one behind the camera. She's the one that's filming it. They have enough crew and producers and people that could film it for them the same way they did it in the first season that if Leah's not participating in this, I wonder if there's like a real reason, if she is on the outs, if she's beefing with everybody. These are the questions. We have to see how this all plays out. But a lot of people are like, oh, she's probably just holding the iPhone. And I'm like, why would Leah McSweeney be holding the iPhone? Well, clearly because she doesn't have an Apple anymore. And I guess holding an iPhone is the closest she's going to get. So there's that too. But I don't think Leah was holding the iPhone. I think Leah didn't want to participate. And Leah's probably pissed at all of them. She's like, fuck you hoes. You're fake. You're a hoe, you're a hoe, you're a hoe. And you're all fake. Period. And Tinsley is not doing Ultimate Legacy or Housewives Legacy New York. Which I don't think Tinsley. I mean, she might be, but they're not filming that yet because Sonia and Luann are filming their spinoff right now, which is like a Simple Life type of spinoff where they're going off to you know these little towns and doing all sorts of fun, crazy things out of their element. Who knows if that'll even be good. That actually might, that I think of all of these, uh, of Legacy, of their spinoff and of the reboot of New York, I actually think the Sonia and Luann spinoff, I'm the most excited about because that actually sounds like it'll be fun, dumb, mindless TV that will be hilarious and enjoyable to watch. So there's that. There's all the tea that I've got for you. Shall we do this Q&A that way for the people that are like, I don't give a shit about you, Zach. You can bounce out now. Leave me a good review on, on Apple Podcasts because I love that validation. And for those of you that care to hear what juicy questions you guys have, let's get into them. Okay. Um, let's see. What is the first question? Um, where are you from? Uh, Los Angeles, born and raised, my love. Um, love your podcast. Honest opinion. I think you should be the Kim K lawyer of the media, that TMZ style of housewives legal jargon, because Lord knows I can't make sense of it. Anyway, love your podcast and your thoughts on Erica's legal stance. Why, thank you. I appreciate that. Who you trying to get with? Um, listen, who am I, who am I trying to get with? Listen, okay. Uh, if I wanted to get with anybody, you better believe I would already be with them. Okay. Period. End of story. Next. If you could join any of the Real Housewives franchises as a housewife or a friend of, which one would you join and why? I think I would rather join Beverly Hills, obviously. Why would I choose any other franchise? Beverly Hills is the supreme franchise, and those bitches seem like they could have some fun. I would want to go to one. Of, I would want to go that to that Diana Jenkins Christmas party, get lit with Erica and Rena. Maybe do a little kiki with uh, Sutton and Garcelle. I wouldn't mind. Why not? Do some splits with Kyle. I'm here for that vibe. Everything okay? Um, I think so. I think everything's okay. 
I'm pretty sure everything's okay. Last time I checked, thank you for asking. I uh, just wanted to say I love you. Oh, that's so sweet. You, you clearly are not following me on Twitter because that's where that's where they really love me. Um, do you know any details about Lisa Vanderpump's early years in the fight with Kyle? You can hear that her posh accent slipped slightly, suggesting Queen Lisa may not be as posh as she projects. Any insight appreciated? Um, I don't know anything about Lisa Vanderpump. That might be a fun deep dive to go on. Do you guys interested in a Lisa Vanderpump deep dive? That may be interesting. Um, I'm kind of down for it. Who is the most boring housewife? Dustbin Dixon or Yucky Goldschneider? I I actually like Jackie Goldschneider. So I'm going to, if these are my only two options, I'm going to have to go with Robin because I personally really enjoy Jackie. I know she has her moments where she's a little boring, but I personally think Robin is boring and her, her recent seasons have not been very interesting. Uh, why do you like problematic content from Kelly Dodd? Oh, here we go. We're getting spicy. Um, I don't believe I like problematic content from Kelly Dodd. I don't believe I like Kelly Dodd's content. And if I do, it's probably like something that comes up like in the feed that I was maybe in. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I like con. I, I really don't think I like co- problematic content from Kelly Dodd. Or maybe you're not referring to social media content. Maybe you're referring to like her on the show, because I know I have been vocal about saying that I think that they should bring her back on OC and that might actually revamp things and get things excited again. Don't know um, what this is referring to, but I think Kelly Dodd is a good reality star and will bring some heat. And that's where I stand. Um, Do you plan to move from your current apartment in the next year or two? Why are you looking to rent it? Are you looking to rent a new apartment to me? Um, I will be here for at least another year, at least until next summer. So we'll see. For now, I ain't leaving. What is the hardest part of eating disorder recovery and what still triggers you? Ooh, this is really good. Um, Because I tweeted about this last night where I shared that I was having a moment and I was feeling a little, uh, and I wanted to order. I want, it went on Postmates and I was going through the menu because I was like, I want pasta. I want something carby and saucy. And I wanted to have a full binge and purge cycle, a full binge and purge moment. And then I kind of was like, no, I I stopped myself and I checked myself and I was like, no, I'm not going to go back into that place. I've come so far from that place and I don't want to go there. You know, I am so strong. I know how to navigate these things and I'm not going to get caught up in that rabbit hole. And, And I didn't. And I tweeted that and I was like, at least if I tweet this and I put this out there, I'm holding some accountability. I'm publicly acknowledging this and I'm kind of putting it out into the world. Most people responded very nicely um, or were very encouraging and supportive. And, you know, it wasn't about, you know, because I did see one comment from Trish, who I know is, is came to our Spilling Tea live shows and I love Trish. Um, and she reminded me that it's important to at least indulge in, and enjoy pasta every once in a while. And I clarified and I, you know, thanked her for that. And I clarified that I've gotten to a place where it's not even so much about me being afraid of certain foods um, as much as it's the emotional and the control factors that I'm trying to either deal with or avoid. And that's why I would engage in these behaviors. And so now I can recognize the difference where it's not a fear of certain types of foods. It's so I'm not afraid of eating pasta. But in this sense, I knew I wasn't hungry. I knew I my craving for pasta wasn't so much that I wanted pasta or that I was, you know, hungry, but it was more of like I needed to, I wanted to 
be bad and I wanted to have some sort of emotional release and that physical release is normally what would help me feel better in the moment, you know? I don't need to get into the technicalities of it, but the hardest part of recovery is that I, it never goes away. Are there still triggers? Yes. And I think last week's episode of Real Houses of Beverly Hills is very, um, it touches on that because I remember saying that that episode triggered me a lot. And, you know, some people felt really bad and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry to hear that you were triggered. And I was like, no, don't be sorry. Like triggers are natural. Triggers are every are everywhere. And it's a part of everyday life. You're never going to avoid triggers. It's about not abolishing them or avoiding them, but about learning how to face them and how to work through them. And so that's, I think, the myth that people have is they often think, oh, if something triggers you, then just avoid it. Don't, you know, stay away from it. But when you abstain, you know, that may not be healthy for some people. I can only speak for myself, but I know the abstinence rule of it doesn't always work for everybody. And it's something that didn't really, it didn't really work for me. Like it needed to be something, or if it did work for me, it was like an unhealthy obsession of like avoiding something or avoiding a certain type of food. And so I would get fixated on that. And that abstinence was actually counterintuitive to actually getting better with, you know, struggling with bulimia or anorexia. So, I would say triggers still come up when other people talk about it. That can be triggering for me. Um, certain settings where it's like a social gathering or a party and you maybe you eat a little more than you normally would or like a holiday where it's a little normal to eat a little more than you normally would. Um, or it's a little more socially acceptable and understood that you're going to eat a little extra. You know, that triggers me. Um, I think a lot of things can trigger me. Sometimes you don't even know until you're facing it, but it's about learning how to work through those triggers and know that they're always going to come up. You're never going to avoid it. You're never going to be perfectly clean forever. Macklemore was just talking about his alcohol addiction, and he just released a new song about how, you know, he relapsed in 2020 and he struggled with that. So I think, you know, it doesn't matter whether you have an addiction or an eating disorder or whatever it is. You know, it's just about learning how to navigate life every day and getting through the day the best that you can, utilizing the tools that you've built over the years. Um, let's see. What's next? Um, is Erica Jane paying you to defend, to post and defend her? Um, I wish Erica Jane were paying me, to be honest with you. You know I'm never going to turn down a paycheck, but no, Erica Jane is not paying me. Um, so, Sorry. Maybe I should ask her. Let me, I'll send her an invoice for you though. Um, okay. I've seen a lot of people say this about Royal Houses of Beverly Hills, that it's too dark this season. Do you agree? Um, no, I do not agree that Royal Houses of Beverly Hills is too dark this season because if you look back at Royal Houses of Beverly Hills history, um, let's look at season one. Very much focused a lot. Our seasons one, two, and three focused on Kim Richards' addiction. Uh, we saw Kim using. Season two is heavily focused on uh, Taylor Armstrong's domestic abuse and the suicide of her husband. We even filmed an entirely new scene after he committed suicide, having the housewives react to all of it. We have the season two, or was it the season three reunion where, I think it was the season two reunion where Brandy's calling out Taylor for writing a book. We saw that come up on Ultimate Girl Strip season two. Um, then we get into season three and we're exposing that Adrian Maloof had a surrogate that carried her children and then she was threatening to sue and she didn't come to the reunion. We have, you know, divorce that we were dealing with with Camille and the way that her husband left her. So I think it's always been dark. If anything, it's gotten a lot lighter. What are we? It's dark because Erica's, you know, mixing pills with alcohol. 
That's why it's dark because she yelled at someone's kid. That's why it's dark. I think suicide, divorce, real alcohol addiction, um, a possible drug addiction. We did see Kim mixing pills to, what was it, in season five when she was snapping at Lisa Rinna. So I think, or she is near death. Remember that season? Yolanda Foster battling Lyme disease and having the women question her and accuse her of having Munchausen. So... I think there have been other darker moments. People also try to say that the Denise Richards season with Brandy and the affair, that that was really dark. That wasn't that dark. Um, let's be honest. In comparison to other things that we've seen on the show, not that dark. Okay, next. Which platform is more lucrative for you? <laughs> That's a random question. Um, I mean, it depends. I think obviously the bulk of my income comes from my podcast, but like the YouTube also brings in some good money. Instagram also brings in some good money. Um, it really just, I mean, it depends on what brands I'm signed with at the moment, what contracts I'm under, which projects I'm working on. I think it kind of, it definitely fluctuates um, which platform is more lucrative for you. I think it, collectively they're all lucrative, but sometimes some do a little better than others, but the bulk of it is definitely my podcast for sure favorite housewife of all time. It used to be Bethany, but I'm kind of over Bethany now. Um, love me some Dorit. I love Dorit. I don't know if she's my favorite of all time, but she's definitely one of the babes for sure. I'll just say Dorit, Kyle, Erica, and Lisa Rinna. There we go. Piss you all off. Next question. Uh, rudest housewife you've ever interacted with. Huh? Okay. Which housewife? So I've met Bethany. She was kind of cold, but I actually don't think I've had any bad interactions with any housewives. Bethany was just a little standoffish. Um, but other than that, I think all the other housewives that I've met have been pretty pleasant. I've enjoyed. Um, Dolores was also a little icy to me when I met her. But um, I think it's just like sometimes in certain social settings, like it's weird to like meet people. Like, I don't know. It's a little awkward to meet people. So I don't think any of them have been like rude to me directly or like to my face um, or actually the rudest one. Oh, wait, hold on. Um, Brandy Glanville. I just talked about how she called me a Twinkie on her podcast. I also had Teddy Mellencamp on her podcast who was upset because I interviewed Jillian Michaels and I asked Jillian about Teddy's all in program and Teddy referred to me as like a thirsty podcast host that was just trying to get clicks and I was using her for clickbait and trying to bait Jillian Michaels into saying something negative about Teddy I was like, girl, we don't need to bait anybody to say negative things about you. Go on Twitter. Okay. Um, if you had, if you could have five past or present housewives for a dinner party, who would make your list? Oof. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's say Erica, Rinna, um, Margaret Josephs, um, well, this is a little boring. Um, let's see. Who do I have? I can pick five. Okay, so that's three. Uh, not Melissa. Margaret. Who, uh, Dorit. I like Dorit. And um, I want to pick a different housewife from a different franchise. Who else do I really like? I'm trying to think of Atlanta. Um, I also would like maybe an Ash, no, Monique Samuels. I was going to say Ashley Darby, but I like Monique Samuels better if I had to pick someone from Potomac. I was trying to go through all the, but oh, then there's also like, no, Heather I think might be kind of fun. I would love to throw Heather Gay in there. 
maybe a Whitney or maybe at least a Bar. No, Meredith. I don't know. There are so many. Okay, those are my five. Or actually, I'll pick one from each franchise or one from the different franchise. So my final will be Margaret Joseph's. Um, Erica, if she gets late, actually, I would pick Rinna over Erica because I think Rinna would just be fun. Rinna's fun, sober or drunk. Not that Erica's not, but Erica can usually take a minute to warm up. So if it's a, a dinner where nobody's really met each other, Margaret, Rinna, Monique Samuels. I'm going to go with Meredith and... Who else? Who else? Who else? Oh, maybe someone from Miami. And I will go with, I don't know. Miami's all kind of boring. Um, they're all, they all seem a little, or I'll, I'll go with the Marisol from Miami. I think that may be an interesting crowd. And I would want everyone to get a little lit and to get a little loose and to have a little fun. That would be my, my dream dinner. Which is more useless? Teddy as a housewife or Teddy's husband's alarm system? Um, I don't think either of them is are useless. Obviously, he wouldn't be, uh, he wouldn't still have a business if it wasn't successful for some people. And then Teddy is a housewife. I mean, here's the thing: people love to hate on Teddy, but people love to talk about Teddy. We're all still talking about her, and she's not even on the show anymore. So she did something right. Do you think Real Housewives of Dallas will ever make a comeback? Twitter has been pushing the narrative for their return. Twitter was also also pushing Miami to return for like eight years. So. Possibly, maybe, probably not at any time soon. Dream podcast guest. Currently, Erica Jane. Um, would you ever do a Vanderpump Rules type show focused on podcasters? Oh my God, I would love that. I would love that. Let's see. Let's let's do it. I'm down. I'm so down. Most of us are, a lot of us are here in LA anyway. Um, I would totally do something like that. It's interesting. Kate Casey actually reached out to me about... Um, like content that I would be interested, that I think is lacking from the market that I think should come. And I actually told her, I was like, we need like a, a hustlers of Hollywood type of show where it's a bunch of young, ambitious people, you know, here in LA that aren't your typical influencer, pretentious bitches, but like actual hustlers like myself who built something out of nothing and really do work hard on an everyday basis and really don't enjoy the influencer culture, even when we have to dip into it sometimes. So I actually think that would be kind of fun and I would be great. Have you ever have you ever encountered burnout? And if so, how do you deal with it? Um, I have moments of burnout for sure, but I also think burnout comes from a lack of purpose, a lack of passion. Um, I think you get burned out when you're doing things that don't really fulfill you or excite you. You know, I often find that people find it strange that I don't really have I don't like to take like vacations um I don't like to escape from my work life like I don't mind working every day because I love my work and I love what I do I have days where I'm a little more tired or days where I really don't feel like doing much or days where I do kind of need a day off and I try to indulge in those um and try to do as little work as possible but it's also just like I love what I do I love my work um that I never feel depleted because there's always something that I'm growing or learning or gaining from those experiences. So I think when people get burned out, it's because there is a lack of purpose and there is a lack of meaning and there's a lack of passion. So reevaluate, recalibrate, 
figure out what it is that's going to bring that back into your life, and then make sure you add that into your life on a daily basis. It shouldn't be a vacation that you have every three years or every summer or, you know, living for the weekend. No, incorporate those things into your daily life. That way you're never trying to escape or run away from your daily life. Period. End of story. Oh, okay. That was fun. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll get a lot of other not-so-fun ones. Maybe I'll answer some more on Instagram. Uh, maybe I'll do like a, a, a live and I'll answer a couple more. But thank you guys for playing. That was that was fun. A fun little breakup in the content. I figured let's mix things up, give you an opportunity. Maybe I'll do this like once a month, an anonymous Q&A. You can submit your questions anonymously. I'll answer them all. Good, bad, dirty, naughty, housewives-related, whatever. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for a very, very fun fun uh fun podcast episode today happy monday my monday did not start out very great because i had a bag of popcorn that fell and it spread all over the, the kitchen floor and i tried to clean up most of it and i couldn't clean up all of it and then i was like fuck it i'll clean up the rest of it afterwards and then i went to go get eggs to make myself some eggs and then i dropped all the eggs all over the floor with the popcorn and i was like wow this is a great way to start the week so hopefully your week has started off a lot better than mine. Um, hopefully there are no eggs that spilled on your floor because those are a bitch to clean up. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach if you care to keep up with me and the behind the scenes of this No Filter empire. Or you can follow at No Filter with Zach if you want just the latest reality TV tea, funny memes, good content about our favorite reality shows. Follow at No Filter with Zach. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching this on the YouTube. Smash that like button and hit that bell notification button. That way you always get those notifications when I'm live or when the tea is hot. You can subscribe at youtube.com slash JustPlainZach if you haven't done so yet. It's fun. We go live every Tuesdays and Thursdays. We are going to be picking up Book Club again this week. We're either going to be doing Holly Madison's book or Tori Spelling's book. So go to Instagram right now and vote. Um, and don't forget to get No Filter Wine at NoFilterWine.com. All right, guys. Love you. Mean it. Bye.